listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Top of the morning to you on this final Monday of February. It was a terrific sports weekend. How the heck are you? Miller and Moulton here on the Florida Sports Network. FloridaSportsNetwork.com. Thanks so much for being with us. Terrific weekend. Don't know how much of you caught, quite frankly. That's why we're here. Figuring you were out and about. Gorgeous weather. Doing things. That's why we're here to fill in the blanks. Top of the morning to you, Mark. How are you? I'm doing terrific, David. You are right. It was a perfect weekend. Great weekend to be out and about, but a great weekend if you, for whatever reason, decided not to go out and about and watched a lot of basketball over the weekend. Holy cow. I apologize. I do. We we have a thing, you and I, all right? We have kind of an understanding. I don't know if it falls under an unwritten rule because I know how you feel about them, but it's just, you know, during this professional marriage that we have had now for about 17 years, we don't bother each other on the weekends. Okay. You have a life. I have a life. At least that's what we claim. Okay. And so we continue with the facade that, you know, we got stuff going on. All right. I'll deal with you on Monday and late afternoon on Saturday. I'm sorry. I broke down. I, 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 I just started losing it. It was madness came early. It did. And I was, I was actually Sorry. super appreciative of it because I played the golf tournament this weekend. So Saturday I was on the course kind of following scores when I could on my phone because my oh. team was playing and they blew it. And, um, you're filling in the blanks for me. So, oh. so before I watched highlights, I had a good idea Before I read anything. I had a good idea what had happened, but I, I was incredibly appreciative of it. And okay. was a little, and was, and actually a little jealous that I wasn't watching it. The weekend of college hoops was so good. I just hope the first week of the tournament is half as good. I, really, if the first week of the tournament could be half as good as this weekend, we will all go, man, been an exciting first week of the tournament, huh? Yeah, we'll lose our minds on Monday if it's half as good. Oh, the comebacks, the buzzer, the buzzer beaters, beaters. Alone. And this is where Miller and Moulton sidebar, and this is not after the fact, okay? This is not. This is, as recently past Tim McCarver was known for, he was not a second guesser, he was a first guesser. Miller and Moulton have been advocates of fouling forever forever we get it we can do math yes we know there is a chance if you foul you can screw it up yeah there's a we get all of that we know the percentages the whole deal we're foulers and we don't mean chris no we do not or any part of his family no nice guy nice career we foul people and it's really a simple concept. If you're up by three, 
what you would like to do is prevent the other team from, wait for it, shooting a three. I know. It seems like an odd concept. Just I, I mean, know it's controversial. In the simple math world that we live in, when you're down by three and another team can shoot a three, they can tie. If you foul them, they go to the free throw line. Much more difficult. They only get to shoot two free throws. Correct. Now, yes, they can, in theory, make one miss, tap a rebound out. In theory, they could. Yes, they could. They could get a four-point play. Yes, you could, by fouling, actually lose. But if we were to play this out 100 times, about six of them, they would hit a three. All right, at least, maybe even more, 10, 12 times. You let them come down, they'll hit a three. They will. This just in, people can really shoot these days. You know, this whole Curry thing. It's got, people have been practicing the three ball. I mean, Trey Young barely gets to midcourt. He feels like he's in range. I mean, guys shooting 35-footers, that's not crazy anymore. All five guys on the court, too. Well, yeah, because they won't put a big guy on the floor if he can't shoot a three anymore. So this just in, we foul people. In fact, we're even willing to 10, 12 seconds to go up six foul because it can only get two, still a two-possession lead. We'll do this free throw thing a couple more times. We'll inbound the ball, foul, go down, see how many free throws we can hit. Yeah, we'll do it. We really will. And I know it's not as easy as you think it is. Yeah, we, trust me. We, I mean, we're idiots, yes. But, no, we get it. We do. And I was someone that had to be beat up about this 10, 12 years ago that I thought you played it out. I've watched this happen too many times. You foul. Well, listen, if you're not a fouler, after this weekend, you better be one. Because if you're not going to foul after this weekend, you're never going to foul. Holy, we had to have a conference before the show. Felipe, what are you doing for the play of the day? You only have about 11 choices. And one of them can't be a guy who scored 71 in the NBA last night. That's how good this weekend was. That's a footnote. That's Purdy. That's nice. And we don't mean Brock Purdy. There were buzzer beaters in the NBA, too. Yes. I mean, you name it. It was a tremendous basketball weekend. Nuclear. I mean, for an hour and a half, guys, you know, because the all-star break only ended, you know, three days ago. Guys in the NBA through about last night, still playing hard. Now, come this week, they'll stop playing hard again. I mean, it's been too many days in a row. But for a weekend, wow. We're fouling. This just in. We're fouling. In fact, Miller and Moulton are from the Jim Valvano. Listen. Tie game, late, hell, we'll foul you, put you on the line. We don't even care if you hit a free throw or two. We'll shoot the three for the win. I mean, that's how much we'll foul. And after this weekend, we think you've joined up with us. You better have. You better have. Hey, Tom Izzo. Tom, you going to start fouling? 
Hall of Famer, national champion, great coach. No question about it. And yes, what Iowa did to you probably could never happen again. But when they've hit four threes in 34 seconds, do you let them shoot the fifth? I'm asking for a friend. I'm that friend because I would like to have seen a foul. Right. I don't know. When they hit the 4-3 with 10 seconds to go, to cut it to two, four threes in 28 seconds at that point, I'm not letting them shoot a fifth. They were four for four. Four different players, by the way. It's the other thing. The whole, what? why do you foul? Because everybody nowadays can shoot the damn three. But he didn't foul. No. They made one of two. Right. Came down, marked down three. What'd they do? They made a three and sent it to overtime. I'll be damned. How about that? As Mel Allen once said, how about that? How about that is right. (laughs) I couldn't have seen that coming. Hit the last four. By the way, this is where we do a little public service announcement. Miller and Moulton love gambling. We do. We understand it can not be good for your uh, mental and emotional and bank account. Okay. We understand that, but we like it. All right, it entertains us. Here is our little public service announcement as to why you should not bet the NCAA tournament that's coming up. You'll be tempted to. Us two yahoos will talk about it incessantly. Here's why you shouldn't bet. See, Michigan State was a a five-and-a-half-point underdog. They had an 11-point lead, lead with under a minute to play in regulation at Iowa. Allowed Iowa to outscore him 16 to 5, you know, hit the 17 to 6. I'm sorry, hit the five threes. Five, five threes in a row. Force overtime. Iowa in overtime wins by six. That's right. You had Michigan State and five and a half. You're up 11 with under a minute to play, and you lose the bet. So there are two things to take from that game. One, foul. Two, don't bet. Ever. (laughs) Even though we're big proponents of it and we're degenerate gamblers. But we're we're hoping DeSantis and company can get their act together and just streamline this sports gambling thing, and we will advocate it every day. But in a moment of clarity, we would just like to advise you, do not gamble on sports because mm, like that can happen. Right. You could have been feeling pretty good about having Miami when the second half started against Florida State. And you were only up 23 at the half, scored the first bucket of the second half. They've won eight games all year. You're undefeated at home. You're top 15 in the country. Hell, some two yahoos said you're a sleeper Final Four team. Well, Two guys we're not going to have on the show anymore. We had Dusty May on from FAU. They lost the next day. We had Joe Sagaki on riding a seven-game winning streak. Figured it'd be safe to bring the voice of the Canes on, hosting the Knolls, after all. Worst Florida State basketball team in 50 years. Uh Uh-huh. Unbelievable weekend. 
And I still think the Canes are a sleeper Final Four team, despite blowing that game. I do, too. But I don't know if I'm going to bet it. Not after this weekend. Oh, B. Hell, sometimes you don't even have to let them get to half court. They hit the sham shot anyway. Exactly. Crazy, remarkable, great basketball weekend. Oh, yeah, and by the way, Florida State's made some comments that the ACC better get their act together. Yeah, they may be leaving. Yeah. <laughs> just just a footnote to what's been a remarkable weekend. We will talk about all of it coming up on the show. Matt Baker to join us on that subject as well. The starting five and 25 minutes here on Miller and Moulton right here, the Florida Sports Network. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Thanks so much for being with us. Matt Baker will join us, top of the 8 o'clock hour. Florida State, kicking the tires, thinking about Make it a power play on the ACC. Going to have to give us more money or we may have to leave. We'll see how well that's going over, whether or not it's doable. Oh, it's doable. It's just a matter of how much. So we'll talk to Matt Baker about it coming up at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. That is fascinating because uh-huh. it's – Board of Trustees members, it's athletic directors, it's lots of people now questioning the money that's coming into Florida State from the ACC. Here's my question. The two of us, a bunch of yahoos, right? A couple of yahoos? couple, that's for sure. Yeah, right. And we had this figured out a year and a half ago. Bingo. Once again, it's math. It involves money, but it's math. It's the same way with how big your lead is and fouling. It's it's simple math. We were able to do this math a year ago when contracts were being negotiated. We're like, uh, what is the ACC going to do? They're locked in for 10-plus years. They're going to get the least amount of money of all the damn conferences, and they can't go anywhere. And for that matter, where the hell are their games going to air? Outside of the ACC network, the ABC ESPN is completely in bed with the SEC. They've sold their soul to the SEC. So your games aren't going to air anywhere good. And oh, by the way, you're going to get the least amount of money of all the conferences. And you have no leverage for another decade. How do you like me now? And the buyout is humongous. Biggest in all the sports. That's the first thing you have to understand. If if you're an S, if you're a Florida State fan and you want them to get out, the buyout's astronomical. The only thing I was thinking is, is Florida State starting to try to get, because isn't there a clause in the ACC agreement if multiple teams leave? There you go. That, to there me, was the trial balloon to the rest of the ACC saying, hey, guys. We want to blow this thing up. Call us. 
Okay, here's the deal. How many members of the ACC do we have? 15? 14? 14 in Notre Dame, right? 14 in Notre Dame, right. So you need a majority. And Notre Dame, I don't think, counts in this. They do not. They do not get a vote, but it wouldn't matter. 14 or 15, what's the majority? The majority is eight. You need eight schools to basically say, you know what? I'm out of here. At that moment, the conference can cease to exist. If a majority of the schools say, you know, we're leaving, and Mark, we went through this a year ago. I wish we could find the segment and just replay it. We started going, well, the odds are one conference, probably not even two conferences could take eight schools. But let's bring the Big 12 into the equation, and now let's start doing some math. Because there's a couple schools that would fit in with the Big 12. They would. Now, of course, they'd rather be in the SEC or the Big 10. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Life's tough. But if you're Louisville and you're going to be left on the outside looking in, get to pair up with West Virginia. You know, there's a couple of schools that would fit in with the Big 12. You know, I don't know if Pitt gets in the Big 10. Eh, might get in the Big 12. And that's your real pair for West Virginia right there. That would be yeah. attractive to both. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, Pitt and Louisville end up going to the Big 12. Well, now only we only need six more schools. Well, we could all do a simple math here and do three and three, can't we? Three go to the Big 10, three go to the SEC. Now we're at eight. There you go. Ball game. ACC no longer exists. Thank you very much. Now the question is, do these conferences want these schools? Because remember, it's like a pizza. You know, the schools that are currently in these conferences are expecting a certain amount of money. And they have no interest of letting anyone else join their conference if their pie is going to get smaller. So in order to bring in two new members, you need your media partners to fork over more money. And who's really going to fork over more? And that's the only thing here where I think the ACC or these schools are in trouble. I don't know who coming to a conference opens up checkbooks enough to make them renegotiate. I really don't. Here's the only thing that I can throw out there. It's a combo deal. Does the SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, certainly the Big 12 would, think that they're stronger if they can crush the ACC? 100% on the Big 12. And, okay. and that part, and I could even grant you four teams. But, David, I'm wondering for the Big Ten and the SEC, because that's really where the, where these teams want to go. Mm -hmm. Right. Who do they open up for? Okay. Well, once again, it's a, it's a question of how big do you want to go? Because if you're the Big Ten, Mark, you could go to 24. I, I mean, you really could if you want. And now you could do, you know, two 12-team leagues, essentially. I mean, you could add four more from the Pac-12. I mean, if you want to go jumbo, we can go jumbo. We're going to be 16 in a year with USC, UCLA. Well, if we do the Oregon, Washington, Cal, Stanford thing, we're at 20. Now let's go grab four ACCs. Okay? And we all know who they're going after. Going to grab Carolina, going to grab West, uh, excuse me, Virginia, and they're going to grab Miami. All right? For academic reasons. And it, it fits the Big Ten. So there's three of the four right there. So now what do they do? Grab Duke? There you go. 
So now we've grabbed four more from the West. Hell, we got six in the West. Mark, I could make that Big Ten West. I could make that a division of six if I wanted. I could grab the four ACC schools and what? Maryland and Rutgers and call that Big Ten East if I wanted to. Boom. There we go. By the way, Maryland playing Virginia again, they'd be all over this. They'd take less money for this to happen. Now, I could argue, Mark. See, I know where some of the money can come from. Hell, it can come from ABC ESPN. If the ACC goes away, <laughs> all that money they're giving to the ACC, they could turn around and go, well, okay, we got a couple hundred million a year. How do we divvy this up? The SEC raises their hand and says, well, we need about half of it. Huh? Oh, okay. Now, it'd be problematic for the Big Ten. You know, it, that you're looking around at Fox, CBS, and NBC. And they're like, well, we just gave you all this money. And they're like, I don't know what to tell you. you got to give us more. Ah, man, and they both we- renegotiate. The other thing you have to remember is that the SEC and Big Ten will both renegotiate their deals long before the ACD, ACC deal is up. They'll get paid twice before the ACC can even get to the negotiating table. Yeah, the ACC has the longest deal going forward. It goes to like 2034. Hell, the Rays will have a new stadium long before the ACC negotiates a new deal. No, 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 really, it's true. We might actually settle the whole A's-Oakland-Las Vegas dispute long before the ACC gets out of their deal. But yeah, yeah, that's out there again. And this is an official meeting. This was an AD, a university president, a board of trustees. There's a PowerPoint presentation and everything. So could we get out of the ACC? Hmm. Minimum, minimum $120 million. Minimum right now. And that's to go it alone. It's why you need the others to come with you. The only way that this works is to completely dissolve the conference. That's the power broker move that's going on right now. At least that's what we believe. Miller and Moulton. Matt Baker will discuss it at 8 o'clock. Coming up on the other side, the starting five. That's what we do right here on Miller and Moulton. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes before the hour. Final Monday of February, Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Matt Baker to join us a little more than an hour. Florida State at least kicking the tires on uh, leaving the ACC. Or giving them an ultimatum, at least. Hey, we need to um, we need to get more money. Can't divvy up this pie evenly. We're the number one brand in this here conference. Give us the money. We can debate that. I'll be curious to see where it goes from here. We'll talk to Matt Baker about it in about an hour and twenty minutes. Get you caught up to date on what you may have missed yesterday and a few other things from throughout the weekend. It is time for. 
The starting five, five stories you need to know. It's the starting five on Miller and Moulton. Here's number one. May have missed it last night. Damian Lillard became the eighth player in NBA history to score 70 or more points in a game. Second one this year, however. He matched Donovan Mitchell's 71-point effort in Portland's win over Houston. The names, by the way, Mark. So you got Mitchell and Lillard this year. Elgin Baylor, David Robinson, Wilt, Kobe, Devin Booker, David Thompson. Wilt did it six times. (laughs) Everybody else once. Six games of 70 or more. Michael's career high was 69. Quinn Snyder signed a five-year deal to become coach of the Hawks. His first game will be tomorrow. Speaking of Atlanta, they edged Brooklyn, 129-127. Nets have lost a couple coming out of the break. Dallas blew a 27-point lead at home to the Lakers. L.A. beat them 111-108. Jason Kidd, after the game, head coach of the Mavs, said, we need to grow up. This Kyrie, Luka things. One and three in games that they've played. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, No KD for Phoenix. No Giannis for Milwaukee. It was a good game, though. Still a really good game. 104-101 bucks. Golden State, the T-Wolves had a double-digit lead, and they started trash-talking the Warriors. What the heck? Leave Malone. Golden State said, well, okay, if you're going to be like that. Came back and beat them, 109-104. Cleveland beat Toronto by 25. Chicago beat Washington by 20. That was an absolute must for the Bulls, trying to make the play-in. Sacramento and Denver were also winners. Denver in overtime against the Clippers. Um... You know, Mr. Triple-Double there for Denver. 40 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists. He's going to win his third straight up. Yes, he is. Now, it doesn't mean anything if he doesn't take his team on a deep playoff run. But I mean, you could count on one hand the guys in the NBA have won three straight MVPs, though. I think the last one to do it was Larry, right? Or no, Michael? Because remember, you know, they interrupted Michael's MVP run. You know, Charles got one in 93. Carl got one in like 97 or 98. You know, I think Jordan did win three in a row, though, once. Anyway, college hoops. Tell you, if you're ranked and you go on the road, there's a good chance you're going to lose. Northwestern, they got whooped in Maryland. Terps are going to the tournament. Maryland beat them by 16. Um, Providence and UCLA were ranked winners yesterday, but Mark, there were a lot of games. Uh, Johnny Dawkins fighting for his job at UCF. They had a nice win nice at win. Tulsa, 68-49. They've got 16 wins on the year. Uh, haven't made the tournament though, since, uh, you know, that run in 2017 there. Um, Michigan hit a three at the end of regulation to tie it, send it to overtime. Wisconsin could have fouled on the inbounds with two seconds to go. They didn't. They paid the price. A couple of bubble teams going at it, and Michigan beat Wisconsin in overtime, 87-79. Rutgers down 19 second half in Happy Valley. Came back to beat Penn State, a bubble team. Ouch, 59-56. Memphis keeping their hopes alive, 76-73 over Cincinnati. Nobody's losing close games quite like Cincinnati. Um, man, Illinois lost by 12 at Ohio State. Ohio State's terrible. They are awful. And Bradley won the regular season of 
Missouri Valley Conference title. They won the showdown against Drake, 73-61. Drake was considered a bubble team as an at-large. That doesn't help. Bradley, also a bubble team. I would love to see. If they meet in the final, I think they should both go. But, you know. Yeah, they're not even in the first. They're not in Shelby's first four out. They're not in his next four out. Bradley's on other considered for bid. So they're, he's got them 12 teams back making the tournament, David. <sighs> Women's Hoop, South Carolina's 29-0. They beat Georgia by 10. Great game, great player, hitting a great shot to win it. Caitlin Clark for Iowa, sixth-ranked Hawkeyes with a three at the buzzer, beat the second-ranked Hoogers, 86-85. Hawkeyes, Hoosiers. They did a women's college game day yesterday at that game. There were thousands in attendance. It had every bit the atmosphere of when they do a men's college game day, or hoops anyway. Florida State women lost to Clemson by 13. Miami's women won by 11 over Virginia. Gators beat Missouri by 9. Huge NHL trade last night. Let me tell you, NHL has stepped up. Deadline's not till 3 o'clock Friday. Hell, if you're a good player, we're trading your ass. My goodness. Yep, there are haves and haves-nots in the league, and the have-nots are trading to the haves right now. The Devils, good team, a lot of cap space, a lot of draft picks. They're young. They had the ammunition to make a deal. They made a deal. Said to San Jose, give me your best player, Timo Meyer, And four other guys, for that matter. We'll send you four other guys and three draft picks, two of which are likely going to be first-round picks. <laughs> and the Rangers are going to add Patrick Kane on Wednesday. Devils-Rangers in the first round of the playoffs. The five best teams are all in the East. Two of them aren't getting out of the first round. By the way, the Lightning made a deal. I got a good player. At least he was last year. He's not any good for Nashville this year. But you know who's not any good this year? Nashville. Nashville. Tanner Janot. He's like 24, 25 years old. All right. They got him. They traded away defenseman Cal Foote. Get this, though, Mark. Man. They gave up their third, fourth, and fifth round picks in this year's draft. Remember, they didn't have a first and a second right. this year's. So, basically, they don't have a draft. They gave up a second rounder in 2024 and a first rounder in 2025. So they gave up a throwaway defenseman and five draft picks. They get the 6'2", 208-pound restricted free agent at the end of the year. He costs like 800 grand. He's a penalty killer. Probably help out on the second power play. Bada bing, bada boom. Speaking of Nashville, by the way, they've only had one general manager. They've been in the league like 30 years. David Pohl. That's it. All right. He announced, ah, I'm done at the end of the year. You know who's going to replace him? Barry Trotz. How about that? Who was the first ever coach in Nashville history? They love him there. Uh, the Lightning, you know, they were doing pretty well against Pittsburgh. I think it was 1-1. Well, no, they were up 2-1. I'm sorry, they were up 2-1. Kucherov scored a goal at his 700th point. Great little, got his own rebound score. They're up 2-1. Things are going along swimmingly, David. It's it's mid-second period. They're up 2-1. And then the the Penguins scored six times. They scored five goals in four minutes and 27 seconds. There's six minutes to go in the second. It's 2-2. At the end of the second, it's 7-2. 
Pittsburgh won 7-3. Penguins hold the final playoff spot in the East. You know who's a point back? Buffalo. The Sabres beat the Caps 7-4. Rangers beat the Kings 5-2, but one of their talented young players stained his reputation forever. Keandre Miller spit in Drew Doughty's face. What is that all about? He was ejected. He's going to be suspended. Last NHL player to spit in another guy's face got three games. How many would you give him? I'd give him five. five. Yeah. Spit. Gotta be kidding me. Disgusting. Idiot. Islanders beat Winnipeg 4-0. They're holding down a wild card spot right now, tenuously. Toronto beat Seattle 5-1. Minnesota and Nashville were also winners. Panthers now three points out of the final playoff spot, and they've played more games than all the teams they're chasing. They got two teams ahead of them, and they've played more games, and, you know, it's still an uphill climb. No matter, they're playing well post-All-Star break, but it is an uphill climb. All right, golf. Final Honda Classic, by the way. Honda's leaving that tournament. They've had their name on it forever. Chris Kirk hadn't won in nearly eight years, was off the tour for over three of those eight years, drugs and alcohol, very public battle. Well, he won it. Bogeyed the 18th to have to go to a playoff against Eric Cole, and then Kirk hit a wedge to a foot to birdie the first playoff hole and get his first win in nearly eight years. Terrific little ending for a tournament that did not have any of the top 17 players in the world. What turned out not to be a good little tournament, even though they had a much better field, was the LIV event in Mexico. Although Charles Howe III had a day that he hadn't had in a while. He shot an eight under 63, his first win in five years. He won by four over Peter Uline. But all the big names were awful. I mean, you know. So was the, so were the ratings. (laughs) Wait, you mean people didn't flock to the CW? According to John O'Ran from Sports Business Journal, it did a .2 in 26-metered markets. Baby. Wow. Damn. The NHL the NHL was doing jumping jacks when they saw that number. Oh my goodness. Someone Hell, should do worse XFL. than us. The XFL took a look at those and said, please. Um the LPGA tour was in Thailand, and American Lilia Vu came out of nowhere, six down, heading into Sunday, shot an eight under sixty-four. To win by one, Nelly Korda, Lydia Ko, battling it out for number one in the world, both finish T6. NFL news, the Jags, Mark, they just have to clear $31 million. That's all. That's no all. No big huh? deal. No big deal. So they're renegotiating some contracts, saying to some guys, here's the deal. Extension, or we're going to cut you. And so defensive tackle Roy Robertson Harris said, well, how about we do an extension? All right. Three more years, reduce his cap hit. Running back Jamichael Hasty also gets an extension. No terms released. Dolphins cornerback Byron Jones, to see his tweet over the weekend? Yes, I did. He said, quote, I can't run or jump because of injuries suffered over eight years in the NFL, unquote. Then wished all the folks at the Combine and the upcoming draft all the best. Said he's not going to retire. He's a likely cap casualty. Dolphins can either cut him in the next two weeks 
or they could wait till June 1st. If they wait till June 1st, they'll save $13.6 million on this year's cap. Here's the thing, though. If you wait till June 1st, you don't get any of that money till June 1st. So, yeah, you save the money, but you can't use any of it till June 1st. That's why some guys are going to get cut right now. It's only half the savings, but you get the savings immediately. It's kind of like when you win the lottery, right? You take in the lump, lump sum, sum or you, you take the payments. Yeah. Exactly, David. Matt Nagy is back being the OC in KC. Second time. He was the QB coach. Uh, Major League Baseball, Padres finalizing an 11-year, $350 million extension with Manny Machado. Fourth biggest deal ever behind those of Judge, Betts, and Trout. Remember, Machado said I'm opting out at the end of this year. There's a lot more money out there. Padre said, you're damn right there is. And we've got it. Yep. And we're willing to give it away. Kyle Busch won at Fontana. It's his fifth win there. Last time they're going to race there. NASCAR's selling off the track. The real estate's worth too much money, they said. They're going to build a short track, but it's a two-mile track, you know, rolling hills. The, the guys love the course. It's the only race near Southern California. Yeah, NASCAR's like, yeah, we're, we're taking the cash. Ross Chastain led the most laps, 91, finished third. 19th straight year, by the way, Kyle Busch has won a race, breaking the tie that he had with Richard Petty for most consecutive years. His 61st career win, first with RCR Racing. And Orlando fell to 0-2, Mark. San Antonio whooped up on him, 30-12. The Guardians look like the worst team in the league. 12,000 people there, too, which I don't think is half bad. I agree. Problem is, they got Paxton Lynch at quarterback. And that, gentlemen, was the starting five. Yeah, they are clearly the worst team. I was at dinner and watched it because it was on, just kind of checking the scores, and they're getting thumped again. And they had 12,000, which I think is a, a decent crowd. Don't know what these TV numbers will be like for week two, but I think they'll go down quite a bit. But they'll be better than the LIV. No doubt there. Miller and Moulton, thanks for listening. Florida Sports Network.